It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. After Jawan James suffered a season ending Achilles injury in an offseason workout, the Denver Broncos' depth at tackle has now been brought into question. What options do the Broncos have, and could they look to bring in somebody off the free agency market? Plus, we get into a crossover episode with Locked On Bama's Luke Robinson on the Broncos' draft selection of Patrick Sertan with the ninth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. On today's episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Analyst for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you follow the podcast or subscribe on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app, as well as go to YouTube. Type in Lockdown Broncos. Hit subscribe. We have 3,620 subscribers as is, but you will soon get the Lockdown Broncos podcast in video format as well every single day. And be sure to also check out the Peacock and Williamson show as Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson bring you the latest news around the National Football League. But ladies and gentlemen, a lot of craziness has happened over the last 24 hours. Broncos offensive tackle Juwan James has suffered a season-ending Achilles injury. This was an injury that occurred, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, in an off-season workout away from the team facility. And in 2021, Jawan James was expected to make $10 million guaranteed, but because this injury had occurred away from the team's facility, that $10 million guarantee is now potentially voidable by the Broncos organization. And that's something that we're going to have to wait and see if George Payton and the organization do. James has been back at the team facility and then as a union stance decided to work away at a private facility. And this is where the injury occurred. So now his guaranteed contract has a chance to be voidable at this point in time. And it puts the Broncos in a little bit of a pickle after the NFL draft. But the good news for Denver when it comes to the overall depth at the tackle position This now puts Calvin Anderson as the favorite to start at the right tackle position this upcoming season, but also to expect that they will look at the free agency market for some potential tackle options to bring in. And when we take a look at the free agency market as is right now, if the Broncos are looking for an offensive tackle on the market, there's Dennis Kelly, who formerly played from the Tennessee Titans. He's 31 years of age at right tackle. There's Ricky Wagner, who played in Green Bay, 32 years of age. DeMar Dotson, who the Broncos had last year, is another option. He's 36 years old, though. Not sure if you want that, but maybe the familiarity with him being in the system already might be something that the Broncos use as an insurance policy. He wouldn't be the starter. More than likely, it would be Calvin Anderson at this point. Former Indianapolis Colts tackle LaRaven Clark is an option for the Broncos. Marshall Newhouse, formerly of the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Gilbert is an option, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. And Jermaine Effetti from the Chicago Bears, he might be an option as well. Then there's Charles Leno, who's just released by the Chicago Bears. Denver could look into him. There's been 
been no interest as of yet, as Benjamin Albright has reported out of KOA and Broncos country tonight. The Broncos have not yet inquired about Charles Leno, but it's certainly a possibility George Payton is expected to get on the phones and to see what options are out there. But the Broncos do have some offensive tackle depth as is, but not necessarily guys you're necessarily comfortable saying, hey, okay, we're going into the season with Calvin Anderson as our starter, but these are the guys behind him. And we're talking about Quinn Bailey, who was on the practice squad for the Broncos last year, and there's an offensive tackle who was undrafted. He's a six foot nine rookie, and Drew Himmelman, he might be an option in terms of depth, but I don't think he's going to be in the mix right now. So Denver will look to the free agency market to find another tackle option, and they have a lot of time, and, and the timing between now and training camp is a better situation for the Broncos to be in considering this injury. We knew leading up to the season last year that Juwan James was opting out, so Elijah Wilkinson and Calvin Anderson were the two options there for the Broncos. They go out and they sign DeMar Dotson as a veteran guy. He ended up getting some starts in the season, but now Denver's looking towards the future. Calvin Anderson, he's 25 years old. This is his third season in the National Football League. He proved to the Broncos last year he could be valuable. He started against the Las Vegas Raiders, and he did pretty good. A couple mistakes here and there, but then he was able to start the left tackle position against the Carolina Panthers due to Garrett Bowles having to sit out due to potential COVID protocols, mainly related due to him having food poisoning. So Calvin started at left tackle, and he did a really good job. He held his own. Mike Munchak has kept him on the active roster for the last two seasons, which tells you he sees something in Calvin Anderson and is kind of his secret weapon to stash away, as we've talked about here on the podcast. So the Broncos, more than likely, will look at Calvin Anderson, the favorite right now to start at the right tackle position on paper ahead of the 2021 NFL season but will address the depth at that position with a free agency move or potentially a trade at some point. A trade seems a little bit less likely at this point, considering there are some veteran free agent options out there, and obviously with Charles Leno being released, they could bring him in. He'd obviously have to slide over to the right tackle spot for the Broncos if that were the case. But Broncos country, this changes everything, and it will be interesting to see whether or not George Payton decides to void the $10 million guaranteed in Juwan James' contract. And this is one of those risks of a union stance by the NFL PA side of things when you work away from the team facility and something bad happens, you are not protected, your money is not protected, and that's in every player's NFL contract. That is definitely an issue, and now Juwan James is going to not play in 2021, and his career could potentially be over. Obviously, I feel very bummed out for Juwan James. He was coming back this season. He was hoping to play. He was hoping to contribute at a high level, but obviously due to the history of him only playing 63 total snaps in two years, that is a huge blemish and probably one of the worst free agency signings for the Broncos in recent team history. And now they have to figure out what their options are at tackle, just beyond Calvin Anderson, but depth behind him this upcoming season. But coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our crossover episode with Locked On Bama. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the two sponsors of today's episode of the show. It's good friends over there at Nugenics and our good friends over there at 1010. So Broncos fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. And to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T Text Draft to 231. 231. And this unique man boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increases energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients 
to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates apply. And this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. And 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today with rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring that's ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, and they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. And they're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. All you got to do, search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. And if you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, though, so find them now by searching for the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And now getting into our crossover series here with Locked On Bama host Luke Robinson and talking with Luke about Patrick Sertan, the Broncos' ninth overall selection of the 2021 NFL Draft. And Luke, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join me. I'm going to start things off here. Patrick Sertan, he's an All-American player last year, but in the long scheme of things, what type of impact did he have in Nick Saban's defense down there in Alabama? I think Pat Sertan can have uh, immediate impact in the NFL. Look, he had a huge impact with Alabama. There's no doubt about it. He started as a freshman uh, a couple of games into his freshman year. He came in very highly touted, and um, I I think he's going to make a big-time impact with the Broncos. There's no doubt about it. I read a little bit about what the general manager thought of him and really how they played a game with the draft, trying to maybe give a smokescreen that they weren't looking at Pat Sertan quite as much, and they were very happy when they when Pat Sertan fell to the Broncos. So, again, I think the Broncos targeted him early, and they want to keep him on this team and, and make sure he's a star player, and I think he can be a star player in the NFL, there's no doubt. I've been watching a lot of the All-22 tape that I got on Sertan, and I tell you what, he's such a fun player to watch, whether he's getting action thrown to him from quarterbacks and targeting him or receivers that he's covering, even away when they're targeting other cornerbacks or they're running to the other side. Just watching his technique, his footwork, just his traits, he's smart. You can tell that he moves back and forth. He's a fun player to watch. Now, the question I have for you is, despite the fact that he's lengthy, has speed, he's physical, technically sound, when a, you compare him to maybe some other Alabama cornerbacks that are in the NFL, where would you rank him amongst those former Bama cornerbacks that are now in the National Football League? The way I'd rank him against other Alabama defensive backs that are in the league now, you know, this is going to be a um, this is going to be a throwback for some of you guys. But, you know, I feel like he's kind of Drake Kirkpatrick. Uh, that, that isn't as much of a throwback as I wanted it to be. I would say, boy, going back, maybe a Simeon Castile, uh, but an upgrade over Simeon Castile for those who don't remember him at Alabama. Um, and I could even go back to say Antonio Langham, even though Pat Sertan's bigger than Langham, I feel like Sertan is uh, a great man-to-man, press man-to-man guy, uh, like Langham was. And, you know, I, I guess Drake Kirkpatrick is probably the closest to what I would say, okay, who who would he compare to uh, from Saban's system? Drake Kirkpatrick, kind of the same way, um, rangy, speedy enough, not, not a blazer necessarily, but speedy enough. 
um, long arms that can defend the pass. And, and Draker Patrick's had a very nice career in the NFL. You know, he's, he's bounced around a few teams. But, man, he's been in the league for quite some time, all the way dating back to 2011. So, uh, Draker Patrick uh, has had a very nice career. And I think Patrick Tan will at least – have that kind of career, probably even better. Well, I know that's the hope for the Broncos, especially when you take a flyer on a first-round draft pick, and his talent speaks for itself. It's super fun to watch. Now, there's some questions that some Broncos fans have pertaining to what type of coverage does he excel best in? And looking back at his time at Alabama, they run a combination of cover four, cover two, man. There's times where they run cover zero. What type of coverage does Patrick Sertan thrive in? His particular coverage that he's best in is press man. I talked about that a second ago. And, you know, he's he's not going to be great uh, against playing the smaller receivers. He's not going to be great um, playing a guy that uh, is very speedy. He's not going to be good against Tyreek Hill. He's not going to be – but who is? You know, Tyreek Hill is a freak of nature. He's um very small, quick twitch guy. And that's not uh, Patrick Sertan's game. He's more of a uh, – he, he can guard the outside and, he, again, very rangy, very long. He he will get beat a couple of times. Look, he got beaten in the SEC championship game for about a 50-yard touchdown, if I remember right. He got beaten in the Tennessee game this past year for about a 40-yard touchdown. But it was one of those situations where, look, sometimes a receiver just goes up and makes a play, Right. And in the NFL, especially, that's going to happen. And in the SEC, which is the NFL light. So I feel like uh, Pat Sertan, his strengths are going to be, he's going to help a lot uh, in run stops. There's no doubt about it. It, it, He's going to be great at the line of scrimmage. Um, And, you know, he's not necessarily going to be fantastic uh, when he's lined up against somebody a lot smaller than him. But there's some big receivers in this league. And when you play a dude like A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, um, man, you need a bigger uh, defensive back to cover those guys that's fast enough. And, and Pat Sertan, not, again, not known as a blazer, but he's definitely fast enough, and his ball skills are incredible. I, I think they're some of the best in the Saban era. You know, go back to somebody like Landon Collins even. Pat Sertan has the, the lineage, the background uh, to know how to take on some of these NFL receivers, there's no doubt. And that's one thing, too, I want to talk to fans about, and I've talked about, especially with Michael Ojemudi being on the Broncos roster. Obviously, the Broncos' third-round selection last year in the NFL draft, but you are going to give up touchdowns at times. The age of the shutdown, lockdown, zero catches on 15 targets types cornerbacks, I don't think that exists anymore the way that we saw it with the Champ Baileys and the Darrell Revises. I don't know if that type of cornerback is around because the NFL offense has evolved so much. So I think for where Patrick Sertan is at, and especially being aligned to Vic Fangio's system, in the AFC West, when you're going to guard bigger guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I think he does match up really well against those types of players and maybe even a Travis Kelsey and a Darren Wall. I'm going to save. I actually have a question for you about that coming up here in a moment. But before we do that, i got to tell Broncos fans about the two sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. There's your good friends over there, BetOnline.ag and Built Bar. And with BetOnline.ag, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. You get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the 
race sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and our good friends over there at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? And I like peanut butter brownie. I like double chocolate and salted caramel. Each taste has its own unique blend, and I love it. It's tasty. It tastes legitimately like a candy bar because the bars are made out of 100% chocolate. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. And most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only around 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. And a couple of the other flavors have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, but nine flavors that are amazing, they're all tasty, and they're all healthy. And order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. And before Mother's Day on May 9th, if you don't know what to get your mom for Mother's Day, well, most moms I know love Built Bar, so send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite, at least for a while, until you get her the next box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order when you use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now continuing our crossover with Luke Robinson of Lockdown Bama. And Luke, kind of carrying off on the conversation we were just having, one of the questions that some Broncos fans sent in was whether or not Patrick Sertan can play inside the slot, especially in Vic Fangio's defense where it usually requires their cornerbacks to be able to know both positions inside and outside. I mentioned this earlier. Can he play in the slot? Look, I don't know that that's going to be his strong suit. I'm, again, just calling a spade a spade. I think a lot of times when you get guys that cover a certain team, they love to say, oh, yeah, he can cover the slot. But that's not really his bag. I I just don't feel like that's going to be something you want him doing a lot. I mentioned Tyreek Hill a little bit earlier. Look, if, for instance, another Alabama guy, if uh, Pat Sertan had to guard Jalen Waddell, I I don't think that would go well for Sertan as much. But Waddell, again, a freak of nature. I mean, he's... He's short, he's shifty, he can you know cut on a dime, and he's very fast. So I, I think all the things um, that, that he would target all of Sertan's weaknesses, I should say. But that doesn't mean he's not good in that area. It's just not where I'd want him to be. That's not his strong suit. So I feel like you won't see him in that position very often. And maybe with the Broncos' depth at cornerback as it is right now with Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Bryce Catlin, he probably won't have to slide there, especially if a saying Bassey comes back. I imagine he's going to be the key guy on the outside in most of their packages. I mean, I still project him to be a cornerback one fit eventually, whether it be this year or even next season. He, his traits are really hard to ignore, and he, he elevates that room, I think, with his talent alone. Now, the one question I do want to ask, going back, he started as a true freshman. Now, it's very hard, in my opinion, and historically what we've seen, what was it that led to him starting as a true freshman in Nick Saban's defense? Because we know that a lot of guys have to earn that trust from Nick Saban. Okay, Patrick Tan, when he was a true freshman, he comes in much ballyhooed, you know, obviously from Plantation, Florida. He was on the same high school team, I believe, with Tyson Campbell, who was drafted by the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. He, he played at Georgia. Um, again, just a, what an incredible defensive backfield in high school, right? But um, so going back to his true freshman year, and I was at this game in Oxford, Mississippi. It was a ton of fun. Uh, Alabama and Mississippi are facing off against one another. Mississippi comes out and throws a bomb 
I want to say it was to DK Metcalf, if I remember correctly, for a touchdown right off the bat. And um, turns out that was the only touchdown uh, Mississippi scored because what happened was Alabama uh, substituted the defender who's, I think it was Savion Smith, who has been in the league. I'm not sure if he's in the league right this minute. I think he is, but he's been in the league for quite some time or at least a few years. And uh, so Pat, Sir, Pat Sertan comes in and, hey, Alabama ends up winning the game either 62-7 to or 63-7. to I can't remember. Of course, that game was never going to be close regardless, and it may just all be totally coincidental and probably is that after Sertan comes in, Mississippi doesn't score again. But at the same time, I think it, it, it certainly helped set a tone. And uh, Pat Sertan, once he got in there, he, he just wasn't coming out. Um, he's just another one of those talented dudes. And that's what's great about uh, coming in and playing at Alabama. If you're Even if you're a freshman, if you're talented enough, if you're good enough, Saban's going to play you. He, you know, yes, he's loyal to upperclassmen to an extent. But, you know, if you're Pat Sertan, you, you're going to get on the field. You're going to get on the field early uh, because he's going to take nothing less than that. Uh, the, Sertan is, is a very competitive dude. One, it's evident you can see that on the film with him. I'm a defensive back guy. I'm a cornerback guy. I live, breathe, studied, and played the position my whole life. And, and I love watching. I love diving into that. And I definitely see those traits with him. He's very competitive, hyper-competitive. And with his traits alone, I feel like it will elevate the Broncos' DB room, as I said earlier. But uh, I got one question from a Broncos fan, and he was reading some scouting reports. He said, is Pat Sertan as bad in off coverage as I hear that he is? Which... To me, I find a little surprising. I'm eager for your thoughts on this. Okay, you know, is he as bad um, on off coverage? Look, I, I just hate to put it that way. Again, I think he could have some problems there. there there's no doubt. Um, I, but I don't think Sertan's going to be bad at anything. Um, will he give up some plays? Certainly. I mean, uh, the best defensive backs give up some plays. But um, I, I just don't think he's the kind of cat – that's bad at anything he does. Pat Sertan is um, competitive. He's a leader. I, trust me on this. He is one of the leaders of Alabama's defense. Very quiet leader. I wouldn't call him the most vocal guy. Um, he was SEC Defensive Player of the Year. And, um, you know, he's he's like everybody else. He's got his strengths and weaknesses. I, I feel like he is a prototypical defensive back now. Um at the same time, you, you're going to need some smaller defensive backs, too, to match up against the smaller wide receivers. You know, every it's a game of chess. Every time, you know, the league brings in a Julio Jones where you need a bigger dude that's pretty fast to keep up with him, right? Well, if you then if you bring in a Tyreek Hill, you need a smaller dude to keep up with him because he, he can cut on a dime, and you need a smaller dude that can do that, too. Um, I mentioned this word earlier. Sertan is just not real twitchy. His instincts are fantastic, but he, he's not real twitchy. And I wouldn't say he's, yeah, he's quick by by average standards, but I wouldn't call him necessarily quick by defensive standards. Um, and as I mentioned, he's he's certainly fast enough. I wouldn't call him a blazer, but um, I think his his best qualities are the fact that he just he knows football. He knows the game of football. Has a high football IQ. Um, he's got super long arms. Very instinctual. 
And um, he's a leader. I, I believe those are all his strong suits. And inside the AFC West, the Broncos have to deal with Darren Waller, his sizable option, obviously, that he provides for the Las Vegas Raiders. And Travis Kelsey, who continues to just defy odds in terms of production. He, he's really good against zone. He's really good against man coverage. He finds a way to manipulate defenses. He's deceptively quick for his size. Do you feel like Pat Sertan could be one of the options in Vic Fangio's defense where he will match up well against those guys? Okay, you know, Denver is going to be playing the Darren Wallers, the the Travis Kelseys. Can Pat Sertan match up against them? My answer is yes, I think he can. In fact, I think he's he's ready-made to, to guard, especially a Waller, um, who I consider to be more of a, a deep threat than a Kelsey, even though Kelsey, you know, can beat you a hundred different ways. Um, but I feel like Waller is, is uh, maybe not quite as physical, I don't know the NFL as as well, uh, but I, I, the, what little I see of those two, I don't feel like Waller is quite as physical as Kelsey, but probably a, a bit faster, uh, more athletic. So, yeah, I think Pat Sertan is going to be a, a perfect matchup for those dudes. And, again, that's another one of his strengths where you're talking about uh, missing out on a dude who can guard the slot. Uh, I think you gain somebody that can help you when it comes to guarding these tight ends uh, two guys, by the way, that Denver sees a lot of. So I feel like that's another reason why it was so crucial to draft him. Because, look, you, you get somebody else to guard Tyreek Hill and, and put Sertan on Kelsey if need be. I mean, that, look, I think that's something you're just going to have to do. Um, but I really think that's a great matchup for him, guarding some of these big targets in the NFL. And these tight ends have become so freakishly athletic that you need somebody like a Sertan who's uh, long enough, fast enough, and uh, strong enough to body up with these guys. And at the same time, he can certainly keep up with somebody like a Darren Waller, who, again, is is incredibly fast for somebody his size. In the end, I think Patrick Sertan is a great pick for Denver. Um, look, I, I thought that's about where he'd go. I really, I, I was like everybody else. I pegged him going to Dallas. Um, but I feel like this is a great spot for him. also want to mention Jerry Judy. Um, I'm really high on Jerry Judy in his second year. I think you guys are going to be ex- super excited about him. Look, he's only going to get better. Trust me on this. And I think Judy going up against Sertan every day in practice could be a lot of fun. Uh, again, remember, Sertan faced off against Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. I mean, my goodness, he, he took on a lot of dudes. Uh, Devontae Smith, how did I leave him out? The Heisman Trophy winner. He played a lot of fantastic receivers that are all in the NFL now. And uh, that I need to go unnoticed. He he was also on the same team with guys like Irv Smith, who uh, is obviously in the league with the Minnesota Vikings. So, again, he's going to have a lot of experience and come in sort of ready-made to play in the NFL. also want to throw out a couple other things um, about some of the other guys on Denver. Uh, mentioned Jerry Judy, but Seth Williams. This is a guy out of Auburn. Seen a lot of him. I think he, he's got real boomer bust potential. Either – um, Denver got one of the steals of the draft, or we may never hear from Seth Williams again. I co- covered him as I call a lot of high school championship games in basketball in football here in the state of Alabama. And Seth Williams actually hails from Tuscaloosa. Um, he played for a high school right there in Tuscaloosa and he played for a state championship in basketball. And I got to see him then. And you want to talk about an athlete, my goodness. Um, I've always told people, go check out Henry Ruggs highlights in basketball from his time at Robert E. Lee. Do the same thing for Seth Williams in high school. 
and um, you will see in basketball, and you will see a dude that can absolutely get up. That was his specialty at Auburn was the jump ball. Now, he needed to be specialized in the jump ball because uh, Bo Nix isn't the most accurate quarterback, but he could go up there and fight for a ball, and if you can keep him focused, I think Seth Williams is going to be one of the steals of the draft. There's no doubt about it. The problem is going to be keeping him focused. And look, here's another knock. He went up against J.C. Horn, um, Auburn versus South Carolina this past year. And remember, South Carolina was putrid this past season. And South Carolina beat Auburn. J.C. Horn, uh, who was drafted early in the um, in the NFL draft too, I think by Carolina, um, he, he won that battle one-on-one with Seth Williams and won it pretty easily. Now, Williams caught a pass or two, uh, but – he didn't do anything like J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn almost single-handedly won that game for South Carolina, and, and Auburn fans certainly remember that one uh, not so fondly. But Seth Williams has had some great moments. Look, he had a, I think he had a fantastic catch over Pat Sertan, actually, in the 2019 Iron Bowl uh, that, that ended up leading uh, Auburn to a, a late score at the end of the first half, if I remember right. I was at that game, too. Uh, I try to block it out because Alabama lost on a on a doinked field goal, no less. But regardless, I think Seth Williams can be a good NFL player. I don't think he can ever be a superstar. I think he can be a good NFL player if you can keep him focused and and make sure that uh, his head's on straight the whole time because he's got all the athletic ability in the world. And he didn't get a lot of great wide receiver coaching at Auburn. So if somebody can get a hold of him there in Denver, they can really coach this kid up and he may be something. So thanks for having me. Everybody go check out Locked On Bama. Uh, Really appreciate the time and hope to catch up with you again soon. Once again, a major shout out to Luke Robinson, one of the hosts of their Locked On Bama. You can get that podcast. You can listen to Luke talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide every single day on your favorite podcast provider. You can get Locked On Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, five days a week, all week long. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we're going to take a little bit of a look at the undrafted rookie free agents that the Broncos signed. Several signing bonuses and roster guarantees have already come through, which gives us a little bit of an idea as to maybe who has a better chance of making the active roster or being a practice squad player in 2021. Obviously, a big bummer about the news about Juwan James. I feel for him, and I I hope that he has a speedy recovery in surgery, and I imagine he's probably going to evaluate his career options, and I wish him nothing but the best. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the show. If you're a brand new listener of the show today and you've made it all the way through this point and you love the show, please do me a favor. Go through, hit that follow or subscribe button in your favorite podcast provider and make sure you check out the podcast every single day. Monday through Friday, we bring you the daily Broncos news content and coverage that nobody else brings you in 30 minutes or less. But with that said, Broncos country, I'm Cody Rourke, host of the show. I'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode Locked on Broncos. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.